God, has it been an accident? Is my wife hurt? She was supposed to arrive last night, never showed up. Hi. Come on, come in the house. I'll bet you're hungry. You are sister. I really need to see your husband, okay? Roy's working on your car. Don't lock me in this room. I'll do anything you want. But you gotta let me out. You gotta see my little girl. Just let me out of this house! Got your trace back on your suspected family slayer. Was it a woman with a little child? A, a little girl? Mr. Scudder told her to take old Highway 50. What makes you think you're gonna find your wife and your daughter? Around my dirty old garage. Hey, Samantha! It's better to forget about the past. Put it on. Put it on now. Pleasure is the only thing to live for. Roy, don't let them leave too soon. Welcome to They Call This a Movies, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We're part of the Main Damie Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Damie. We're also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark the Narc Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends. <laughs> uh, I'm legally obligated to tell you that I'm recording this phone conversation. There you go. <laughs> How are you guys good. today? How are Pretty we good. today? Yes. Uh, oh boy. Uh, that's yeah. a that's a weird question, man. Yeah, we're 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 all a little tired. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we just uh, we're coming off, I guess, day three since the well, well, technically day two and a half, I guess, since sure we it's stayed up the life. full twenty from extra life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I almost I almost missed the port authority stop going into work today like i pulled they pulled into port authority and the and i almost slept through the driver just leaving port authority and then i would have just had to do the whole thing over again <laughs> yeah i was I'm, i've been out of it but uh I'm, I'm feeling like my old self again so perfect yeah yeah that is great because we are back in business for another episode of they called this a movie and our third episode of november um, last week we did uh, Tom Selleck, and this week we are doing none other than Burt Reynolds. And rather than do Smokey the Bandit or Gator or any of those fun movies, uh, uh, we decided to do The Maddening, a direct-to-video uh, horror movie from 1995. It says erotic thriller. Erotic thriller. Nothing erotic about this movie. Mm, nope. No. Unless you like to see Burt Reynolds nuzzle his mustache against a <laughs> passed out Mia Sara. Uh, if that is your kink, then this movie's for you. There's something for everyone, I guess, right? Yeah. But uh yeah, this movie stars Burt Reynolds, Angie Dickinson, Mia Sara, Brian Wimmer, Josh Mostel, and William Hickey. Uh guys, 
I guess, first of all, where are you coming from with Burt Reynolds' mustache? It's a solid mustache. It's uh, it's not on the same level as Selleck, but sure. it's good. Oh. It's good. It's got the uh, he's got the uh, salt and pepper going there. So mm-hmm. some women find that attractive. Uh, I don't. But uh, listen, that's neither here nor there. Sure. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a little more on the sleazy side than Tom Selleck's mustache. Tom Selleck looks like like uh, uh, as he got older, definitely like gentle old grandpa. Yeah. Um, kind of mustache. Um, Burt Reynolds is is not as thick and fluffy as I imagine Tom Selleck's is. I, I think Burt Reynolds, if, if we're making that comparison, Burt Reynolds might be like the racist grandpa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah. You invite him over to Thanksgiving dinner, and it's just like, oh, what's Papa going to say this time? Yeah. It's probably like, uh, you know, I'll give you five bucks to go get me another beer. Yeah, right. He's that yeah. kind of grandpa. grandpa. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, and then... <laughs> We're yeah, not gonna tell was... Grandma I'm smoking, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which he does plenty of in this movie. Yeah, yeah it's it, it. His mustache very much fit where this movie was set. Yep. Like in the way it was, you know, salt and pepper, and just not really, you know, meant to be sexy. Yeah. No. It's it's about as sweaty as you would expect when he's uh, trying to do his worst Creole accent. Also, I don't think he changes outfits at all in this movie. <laughs> He's got the one black, black shirt. Yeah, and it takes it's... place over three days. I don't think he changes. Yeah. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. I might be completely wrong here. And um, was Burt Reynolds confused that that Creole accent is more of a Louisiana thing uh, than I mean, East Coast uh, or West Coast Florida? I'm thinking this is Panhandle, Florida. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, it's it'd be a little Creole mixed with some racist deep South. Yeah, I I, I have no clue what they're supposed to sound like. I'm not really yeah. I I can't pick up on that stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I just figured he was from the South. Yeah, because she's, she's supposed to be headed towards Tampa, okay. and right. it's quite a ways away. Um. Okay. Yeah, Panhandle. Yeah, that or yeah. the good old armpit of America. Yeah. Sorry for all of our listeners and. Oh, I know we have a big contingency in the in south. The, in the pan, <laughs> ha- no, in the panhandle. Of- <laughs> right, they love it. They love us down there. Yeah. Uh, so, w- what do you think overall about the maddening? Uh, I hate the title. I hate the acting. I hate everybody, and I hate you guys for making me watch it. <laughs> hey, dance back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the maddening. What did I say earlier? It's it sound. This sounds like a movie that was made by the gang from always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> or it sounds like maybe something that we would have come up with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, this movie's creepy AF. Yeah. Uh, and I know that's what they're kind of going for, but it's more creepy in the way of like, it's kind of sad to watch Burt Reynolds do these kind of things yeah. because it, it just, it seems like it was right up his alley. You know what I mean? Like he fit too well into the, into the role. Yeah, it's he. It was so much in his alley that they shot the entire thing at Burt Reynolds Movie Studio in Florida. <laughs> Is that true? Yep. Oh boy. Yeah, that's not that's not a good sign. Yeah, yeah. the The entire movie, I'm sitting there going, "Oh, I remember this time period in movies in the mid early to mid '90s when everything was a psychological thriller um, with some kind of uh, disturbing element to it." Um, you know. 
whether it be any of those actually Judd movies or, you know, anything that was going on in, in that time period. And the fact that you said direct the video sounds about right. It's mm-hmm. It sounds like somebody went, hey, I've been watching a whole bunch of these movies. You know, I could put one together and then nobody would give them the money for it except Burt Reynolds. You know, I think the the plot is actually not a bad plot uh, about a man trying to, I, I guess, bring his family back together after a bunch of crazy stuff happens and he kidnaps a woman and a child. That's pretty scary. You know, I mean, we see we, we see stuff like this happen in films nowadays. So it's yeah. not. It's not unheard of or anything. It's not so far out of left field or anything, but I don't know about this movie. I mean, there are parts where it's shot out of focus, and it's just a lot of screaming and crying, and and the sound editing just sounds really bad. So maybe it's just not put together well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the basic outline for the story is fine. I think the way they execute it at multiple points within the story itself doesn't work. I think there's too much cutting between what's going on at the house and what's going on, you know, you know, outside the, mm. that location. Um, and it, it changes the mood too much. Um, you know, I think, I know um, you were mentioning about the detective, you yeah. know, if, if he was a little more serious of a character, I think it works better. Yeah. They should have gotten anyone else other than the man that plays the revolting blob in Billy Madison to play a detective. Yes. Yeah. And his name is Chicky. Yeah. Like, that whole point was, I, I think they would have been better off making everything outside. I don't. It, it seemed like they were trying to go for, like, funny on top of being really disturbing, and it just didn't mesh. It felt mm, like no, two different didn't. movies at times. Sure. Um, and I don't know if the original script or whatever, it was too dark, and someone came in and was like, we need to lighten this up a little bit. And that's when, like, the neighbor and, you know, I the old lady neighbor, you know, and that stuff got added in. Because a lot of stuff looked like it was, like, added in later, you know, especially a lot of the detective stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It does definitely seem like uh, he's not in the same movie, uh, just because he never seems to take the whole thing seriously. Mm-hmm. He's always just kind of jiving when he's talking to David, and he's just like, well, just taking it easy when there's two Two missing people. Right. Uh, <laughs> Would you say he? it's like the big easy? Is that what it, like oh. he's trying to go all, like through that? Is he the, uh, what, what, what's that Simpson gag with Skinner and uh, Chief Wiggum? Oh, they're, they're a uh, spinoff. Yeah. Who, who's the bad guy in that? Big Daddy. Big Daddy. <laughs> is is <laughs> Chicky Ross like Big Daddy? Yep. There we go. Oh, it, every episode we have to have a Simpsons mention. Yeah, yeah. He, and Chicky has probably one of the more natural line reads in this movie, um, which we'll get to when we break down the plot. Um, but it was just like, as soon as the reveal happened, I was like, I basically said the same thing he said as though I was the character. Um, when he, you know, I'll, I'll just mention just, the reveal. Just, just spit it out. Just get it out right now. Yeah. Okay. There's no, no, no I was, It was here. when he found out that the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, wife and daughter were still alive. And he essentially goes like, well, shit. <laughs> right. I, was, I was wrong. How about that? Well, I guess I'm going home now. <laughs> right. Who who does that? As a detective, like, oh, okay, well, they, they saw them. I'm just going to go now. Oh, yeah, it's what? not a murder case anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're fine. 
There's no way that they're being held hostage against their will. It's fine. But that that well shit delivery was perfect. Like, ah, well. I didn't like anything that he did. <laughs> no. And yeah. then he, you think he's going to be the hero and he just dies. Right. He, he doesn't even die well. Probably no. the most brutal death. Yeah. Of them. Well, yeah. It's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. Georgina gets a pretty good. <laughs> Shot multiple times in a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. Close range. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. But uh, I, Arthur, I, too. Arthur got Arthur. what was coming to him. Uh, <laughs> there was the baby. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's well, that's I'm just saying. your hatred for children shining through on this, I think. It's crazy. This movie's got, uh, let's see, it's got rape, right. child murder, yep, um, and then exhuming said child from his grave. <laughs> that was pretty disturbing. <laughs> like, like Mark was saying, that there were some pretty dark moments in this film, mm-hmm. but then they tried to flip it on its head when they should have just gone full dark. Yeah. You know, don't put don't put the trombone soundtrack behind chicky when he's trying to solve if there's an actual double homicide going on you know he's, he's examining evidence and only hearing in the background like, we get it he's heavy all right he's a fat guy it's the 90s oh there we go but it's yeah i think mark kind of hit it on the head where they might have tried to make it two different movies at times mm-hmm. how bad were david's ties they deserve to be boiled yep <laughs> and they were pretty bad yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's such a weird takeaway, Ant. <laughs> they're so terrible. They're 90s huge. Yeah. They're like yeah. really wide. They're very patterned. They sucked. They're they like Jerry tie. Garcia ties. And who and who takes a shirt off like that? Yeah. I, I thought I thought the same thing. Like, did he wear his suit and tie the entire time he was home? Because he gets home early, so he probably gets home around, let's say, 2 maybe? Like It's early afternoon, right? Yep. And then later that night, he's still in his work shirt and has the tie on. Like, that's like psychopath behavior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just sitting around, having dinner with a tie on. <laughs> right. And this guy is like all work and no play, man. Re- that's the problem, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But interesting takeaway, Ant. That yeah. your mind is a is a strange area to be in. <laughs> at, at, at multiple points in this movie, everyone makes bad decisions. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, signing on for this movie was probably a bad decision. A bad decision. Yeah, I will, that, unless that was the probably, first bad decision. <laughs> I mean, Brian Wimmer really didn't have much going for him. No. So this probably was his claim to fame. Although it's said on his IMDb page he was a do-gooder in Nightmare and on Elm Street 2. Yeah. So I think he was the was he the guy in the pool scene when he's trying to calm Freddy down? Possibly. Like, like, so man, this it's okay. Actually, We're all friends here. Yeah, we actually have three repeaters on yeah. this podcast. Uh, we've done Burt Reynolds in Raven previously. Mia Sarah popped up in Time Cop where she got. Which double I am shocked that I'm shocked that she made a double appearance without one of them being Parrish Pure. Well, it's not a bad movie. Yeah, but like, how how can you? It's just us that we can randomly pick out two Mia Sarah movies that were not the one that she's known for the most. Well, I like mean, we're doing our job. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then Brian Wimmer, who for apparently pops up in Nightmare on Elm Street too. Yeah, but uh, he has more of a obviously a bigger role in this one, yeah. which is unfortunate because he's pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, gets a 4.8 on IMDb and a Rotten Tomatoes audience score of 38. 
Seems uh, high. Directed by Danny Houston, who is the son of John Houston and the brother of Angelica Houston. He's also the he's an actor uh, famous for X-Men Origins Wolverine, The Aviator, Children of Men, and several seasons of American Horror Story. You've probably seen his face before. Oh yeah, yeah. He plays the uh, he plays Colonel Stryker. Yeah, he's also in uh, Wonder Woman too. Right. Yeah, he's the fake uh, big bad. Yeah. Right. He's actually a pretty good actor. Yeah, I've I like him. I usually like him in stuff that I've seen him in. Yeah. Uh, not a great director, I guess. No, I think I feel like he started off his career trying to be a director and then kind of transitioned into becoming an actor. It's a good movie. Man, Burt Reynolds directed this movie. You don't have... <laughs> say, wait, wait. No, I said, you don't have a movie shot on Burt Reynolds' studio oh. and you have final say on everything. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Burt probably <laughs> took the reins over at one point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, uh, we're going to do it this way. He points think, at the sign for the studio and goes, that says I don't have to listen to you. Just taps the sign. <laughs> don't make me tap the sign. Uh, I, th- I think Simpsons reference number two. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it really shows that he took over in the bayou scene when mm-hmm. he starts talking about animals. Yeah. yeah. I feed these gators every day. And, uh, water moccasins and stuff like that. I was like, yeah. his, his accent got so thick in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> You step on a gator, boy. Oh, you ain't coming back. I feed these gators every day. <laughs> yeah, okay, Bert. Whatever you say, pal. Yeah. Uh, William Hickey. How? Like, I, I would. William Hickey has a long career. Yep. He died. It, he's like sixty in this movie, which isn't, isn't that old. Sixty? Or, do you mean sixty plus sixty? So I think he's actually. He might be like sixty-five in this, but in. Chris, so he's he's looks super old in like Christmas Vacation, and he's like just over sixty in that movie. Wait, hold on, he died at sixty nine. Yeah, you think what? he's like he was eighty for like twenty five years? This blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised too. He was Ooh. only sixty nine when he died in nineteen ninety seven. Is this, is this like so the Wilford? Is this like the Wilford Brimley to, uh, Tom Cruise thing? So he's like in he was like sixty one in Christmas Vacation. Oh my goodness! My dad is 64. Or, yeah, my dad's 64. And he looks in much better shape than William Hickey did at 61. I am I'm flabbergasted right now, guys. <laughs> like you know when people say like, oh, this blew my mind. This this really blew my mind. Yeah. Because I bet you he, William Hickey was like this when he was a teenager too. Oh yeah, right. He had to look like he was 50 when he was 15. Yeah. Wow, this is incredible. <laughs> This guy was typecast as the old man since the day he was born. <laughs> was Angie Dickinson technically older? Uh, that's a good question. She was born in 1931. I might have to uh, sit this one out, guys. I'm done for the for the night now. <laughs> Let's see. William Hickey was born in 1927. Wow, he's only four years he's born in older. Than her. He's four, four years older. God. <laughs> Yeah, Angie Dickinson was in uh, Rio, Rio Bravo. Bravo. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, when she popped up, I was like, "Oh, shit, she was in Rio Bravo." When did she pass? Oh, she's still alive. Yes. Wow, interesting. Wow, this is nuts, guys. <laughs> this might be the greatest revelation we've ever had on. They called this a movie. <laughs> William Hickey was just born at 69 years old. Yep. Nice. Right. 
Got to go back and watch his old shit, like that one episode of the Phil Silver show in 1957, and see what he was looked like. He probably still talked like this. You couldn't drive a dump truck through a nitroglycerin plant. That's not the Christmas star <laughs> clock. <laughs> wow. This is great. I love oh, this. Bethany, he guessed it. <laughs> hey, Grizz. We're just going to constantly do <laughs> Watch him. You're not doing anything. Why don't you run into the, into the living room and get my stogie? We're actually doing a pretty good William Hickey impression. <laughs> it's, it's not bad. They want you to say grace. The blessing. The blessing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we've gone off the rails. We should, uh, and then we have William to. Hickey. Why were you always seventy-five? <laughs> we hadn't. We have to do another William Hickey movie now, yeah. just to see how he looked when you know maybe in the fifties. <laughs> right. He he had to have been acting at that point, right? Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I know he's in Nightmare on Elm Street, but obviously that's a claymation. Uh, what was he in the 50s? Nightmare, he, Nightmare Before Christmas. You mean. Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm sorry. But he kind of looked like William Hickey in that one, too. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. The, the professor or whatever, the doctor. Yeah. Oh, my God. He has quite the resume, guys. Yep. 94 credits. My goodness. Uh, but, yeah, anyway. Uh, uh, yeah. You guys want to get into the plot at this point? I just yeah. want to talk about William Hickey all night. <laughs> we'll do an all William Hickey episode one day. It'll be the theme for January. <laughs> it's uh, Hickey month. Yeah. So before we get into the plot, we're going to take a step back and listen to a message from friends of the podcast. So uh, we will be right back. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Welcome back, and now it's time to get into the plot for The Maddening from 1995. We open up on Samantha, who's playing on her front lawn uh, with her little tea set and a table and chairs, talking to her imaginary friends. So uh, uh, this is where uh, Con Air got it from, right? Sure, yeah. <laughs> right. Con Air was just like, let's rip off this movie from two years ago um, that no, no one's ever seen. And probably Burt Reynolds is embarrassed by it. <laughs> I don't even know, know if Burt Reynolds could ever be embarrassed by anything. Yeah, he is a consummate, consummate, uh, consummate professional. Yeah. Um, so she's doing that, and then she gets violently picked up by her dad before he brings her in the house to uh, surprise his wife, played by Mia Sarah, by the name of Cassie. Looks like they just moved into the house. Because um, that kitchen is a fucking mess. Is I don't know the- what she did all day. Because she doesn't have a job. <laughs> She's like every woman in Instagram pictures now. When they take selfies in their bedroom, mm-hmm. they're always a mess. And that's pretty much where this came from, I think. Yeah. That kitchen is a sty. Yeah, unlike right. anything I've ever seen before. <laughs> right. Especially for having just moved there. Like, what did you do? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, they talk. They're like, oh, you're home. Oh, blah, 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 blah. 
So he tucks her. So I guess we have a flash to forward in time, and he tucks his daughter in at the end of the night, and she talks about her imaginary friends and talks about her mom reading to her um, Br'er Rabbit specifically, which is, is important for the plot of this movie. Yep. Um, and the lessons learned about that. And so he says, yeah, I used to have a, a, a imaginary friend, but then it went away. And then he's like, here's a doll. Why don't this replace this, replace your imaginary friend with this doll? And this whole thing was kind of creepy. Like the, the beginning, I didn't know if I was watching the right movie because okay. the, the daughter's kind of creepy. Right? She's talking about her imaginary friend who's named Annabelle. Mm. Like, oh, this is an Annabelle origin story. <laughs> yeah, kind right. of is. Because then she promptly names the uh, the doll Annabelle. Yeah. Which I guess is like the perfect name for a doll, I guess. Well, I guess. Especially if you wanted to commit murder. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it wasn't me, Daddy. It was the doll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he kisses her goodnight, and then they, he goes into bed. He starts getting undressed. He starts getting frisky with his wife. And right before she's about to let him get it in, he's just like, oh, by the way, I'm probably going to have to go away for a couple of days in Texas. Yeah, right? He And then they get into a big fight because he just came back from a trip for, that he was gone on two weeks. And she gets pissed the fuck off. Oh, she's livid. She's yeah. livid. She smacks him right across the face. Um, and she's pissed. And he's like, well, I fucked that up. And he goes <laughs> on about talking about his nondescript job and that he's got to do his job because they laid a bunch of people off and it's the new morris account you know right again i love, I, I love generic jobs <laughs> right again this movie is just i i had no clue what i was watching I was like when does burt reynolds come in here does he just come <laughs> in just like jack all these people or what, like what's going on but but i'll tell you what 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 winds up happening later is totally justified in my opinion because mm-hmm. there's a saying i'm gonna butcher it but you'll get the gist Everyone wants a guy, or not everyone, everyone wants a person who has dreams and aspirations until it's time for that person to deal with the that person's dreams and aspirations. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So this guy has a great job. He provides for his family. They have a nice house. They're comfortable. They're well off. But he has to travel, right? That's the, mm-hmm. that's the give and take with it. So yep. you can't get mad at the guy for having to do his job, essentially. Sure. I mean, the next scene that kind of gets brought up, too, because the next scene is him uh, talking to his new boss and his boss is like, yeah, this is going to be great. We got to get this. We got to make sure we don't lose this account. Basically, he's like, well, I got some bad news for you. I can't go to Texas because I just was away for two weeks. And she's like, well, when you're not going to Texas, why don't you uh, brush off that resume? Yeah. Basically telling him that he's fired if he doesn't go. Um, And she makes the valid point of like, doesn't your wife realize that? Traveling is part of your job. Right. I mean, that's what you sign up for, unfortunately. And he makes the good point that he he's busting his butt. You know, it's not like, like yeah, I just go to go. Like, no, I'm I'm going. I'm providing. And you kind of have to deal with it sometimes, you know? Yep. That's And that's that's just how it is. But, you know, these women, they don't get it. Mm. And females. Where does this money come from, sister? You think it grows on trees? No. <laughs> your man's working hard. With his Dan's really bad ties. Dan's projecting a little bit. <laughs> and plus that, I'm a little hot right now. <laughs> and plus that boss wants to work a little overtime. Mm-hmm. I, I was surprised that that wasn't a subplot. Me too. Yeah. I was just going to say, I was thinking that 
the boss was really work like riding him. Wink, wink. Maybe, maybe it'll <laughs> but, be in the Houston cut. Right, <laughs> the Houston cut. <laughs> we gotta get that trending. Um, no, but I, to, it just to me it's kind of ridiculous. I get traveling sucks for your job, but if this is if, if you're bringing in good money, I think you kind of have to deal with it. Unfortunately, you know, and and you don't give him a hard time. I'm sure he doesn't want to go. Uh, you're, he's getting in on both fronts, you know. Yeah. He, it's it's kind of a forced uh, uh, like tension between the two. Yeah. Um, it's really it, it feels kind of weak a little bit. It's just uh, it's like oh well, how are we gonna get her on the road by herself and just the daughter? Oh, they had a fight. All right. Yeah. What were they fighting about? Well, he's gonna leave. It's like all right. Well, makes sense. Yeah. Who cares? Right. Yeah. She she's <laughs> definitely picking a fight in this. Yeah. But. but uh, Long story short, if you got bad news for somebody, give it to them after you've had sex. Yeah, things are much better. Yeah, I yeah. know from experience. Yeah. Whether it's your wife or your boss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go down on either of them and then break the bad news to right. them afterwards. That's how I told my wife I was going to spend all night playing video games with you guys. <laughs> oh, sweetheart, I forgot to tell you I'm going to go to uh, Tom's and play video games all night. Okay, that's fine. Now... If I were, if I were, uh, uh, what David, I would have done it right in the middle, and then I lose both ways, because then I can't play video games with you guys, and I get nothing. Yep, that's so, true. Yeah, this guy has a lot to learn. Stupid David. <laughs> First thing he should learn is to get some new ties. Yeah, is such a great theme. They are pretty bad. They are terrible. They deserve to get boiled, I guess, is, and then they're ruined. What a, what a shitty thing she does too uh cassie before she goes on the road trip with uh the daughter she stops to boil the ties yeah and not only that she leaves them burnt on the burner yeah (laughs) that is so irresponsible everything that happens to cassie is totally justified she's a bad parent and a bad wife yeah um so Cassie then decides if he could go away on a trip, then she'd go away on a trip too, which is super petty because mm-hmm. her whole so because he explicitly says, "Hey, come to Texas with me. It'll be fun." And then she's like, "No, I can't. Have you seen the house? It's a mess." And then immediately goes on a trip anyway. That's a good point. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Cassie, you brought this all on yourself. I think yeah, I think she was just like you know I, I don't want to be near you, yeah. so I'm gonna do my own thing. Girl it's very power. Petty. Yeah. It seems like her go-to move, and anytime she uh, gets into a fight with him, is that she runs off to her sister's, which is crazy because it seems like it's like an eight-hour drive. Right. So, I mean, it's crazy only if they argue a lot. Yeah. Right. I mean, if they argue every now and then. But yeah, you're right. You're, the sister's not 20 minutes away. It's not around the corner. Right. That that would make more sense because that happens in other movies and TV shows where you know I'm gonna go stay with my sister till this blows over and it's like yeah all right well maybe she's an hour away tops yeah and no one's another state away yeah but she she's like on a trip that Burt Reynolds to try and get her to his house offers to give her a um a shortcut that's gonna cut an hour off of her travels all right so and that she says it's the best thing she's ever heard yeah. So like how like you that's got to be that's got to be four hours minimum, right? Yeah, at, at least. Yeah, so. it's it, it's just a strange it's so passive aggressive mm-hmm. and it, it pissed me off so much. 
because I could see this happening in my future. <laughs> I think that's why. Like, oh, I got to go away for business. What? You were just away. Well, what do you want me to do? I, I got to work. Fine. If you're going, then I'm going. Like, oh, God damn it. All right. <laughs> just, uh, just don't take shortcut advice from creepy guys in gas stations. Yeah. I would hope that Jen would be uh, smart enough to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one does that anymore, first of all. Right. It's all GPS. Right. right. And then even so, no one takes advice from a creepy person at a gas station. Yeah. I mean, I think that's been drilled into everybody's head now. They've seen enough movies where that trope comes into play. Yeah. Right. They, do they? Do they? Uh, they pump her gas for her, right? Yeah. They do. In the state of Florida, factually yeah. incorrect. This movie's bullshit. <laughs> I guess Burt Reynolds didn't study up. Yeah. What an asshole. This movie makes no sense. Yep. <laughs> so, that's, the, that's the one we nailed them on. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking uh, got you guys. <laughs> I hope that uh, Burt Reynolds is rolling in his grave right now. Sure hope someone got fired for that blunder. Uh, yeah. Number three. I love it. You don't you usually don't make Simpsons references, and it kind of upsets me because you're much better at it than I am. So. Yeah. Uh, okay, so she stops for gas and meets Roy Scudder. Uh, played with Burt Reynolds with a bad Creole accent. Um, and the gas is, a, I'm sorry. The gas attendants don't have an accent. No. They're right? just a couple of dummies. Yeah. Uh, they make reference that her name is Osborne. And like, you related to Ozzy Osborne? And then they're like, he's like, oh, yeah, he bites heads off chickens, which is also factually incorrect. incorrect. It was a bat. It was a bat. Yeah. I, two, I guess you had gotcha. to change change some things. I guess I don't. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. I, I, or maybe they just didn't do their research. The fact that they make this reference to Ozzy Osbourne does come back. That's why we're referencing it now. Few, uh, a few times. Yeah. Um, and then Burt Reynolds, uh, Roy mentions, "Ah, uh, you taking the shortcut?" She's like, "No, the shortcut. I'm just gonna take the turnpike." She's like, "Ah, oh, no, shortcut's gonna cut off about an hour's worth of your time." <laughs> like, oh, that's the best thing ever. And he tells her. I, love you. I always enjoy your southern accent. And he's like, you got to make a lift, Turk Creek. Um, so she goes that way, I guess. Um, David comes home with some flowers to try and make up and realizes that Cassie and Samantha are gone and his ties are in the boiler, just now, boiling some water. Here's another thing. She wasn't expecting him to come home early, so that could have been on for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Exactly. Two, he was gone for two weeks last time. And he could have been gone for another two weeks. And God forbid the house blows up, yeah. the gas bill is going to be humongous. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think he was a couple of days out from actually traveling to Texas. Oh, so it wasn't happening the next day. Right. Yeah, okay. I think he was just at work in general. Gotcha. Okay, I was going to say, because that's very responsible, both monetarily mm-hmm. and just safety. Yeah. I mean, I guess they, it's a good thing they don't have pets. Right. <laughs> that's really, yeah, then I would have been furious yeah so david calls her sister to be like hey put her on the phone and she's like well she's not here and she's being real coy about the whole thing like oh well i wasn't expecting her either but she's totally expecting her i wanted to say something about the uh sister and the Mm brother-in-law he definitely outkicked his coverage (laughs) yeah right (laughs) yeah he's a little pencil neck dude right with a a bad mustache he kind of looked like uh, uh, like Simmons. Uh, oh, man. The the uh, aerobic instructor. Richard Simmons? Rich, he kind of looked like Richard Simmons, right? Yeah. 
it, bring back Evening a... Shade, he kind of looked like Michael Jeter. That's a good <laughs> reference. <laughs> well, though the point is that he was not a very good-looking guy, and the sister was kind of a smoke show. Yeah, yeah, and Although and again, was mean. And again, another thing that felt completely outside the rest of the movie is that they are like the crazy new age like oh, in-laws. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, it almost looks like they live on the the Edward Scissorhands street where everything's like yeah. bright colors and shit. Yeah, it made yeah. no sense. Yeah, everything about their situation just felt like it was like, oh, I seen this once when when I lived in Florida. Yeah, very pastel looking. Um, so he hangs up with her and then he immediately falls on some broken dishes and cuts his hand. Um, and then we cut back to Cassie, whose car breaks down just shortly after the gas station. Uh, which seems pretty convenient, and then even more convenient, who shows up for to come to her rescue is Roy Scudder. Pops yeah. up. At that morning. point, you realize you got to be in trouble. Yeah, yeah, she's got like no alarm bells. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, again, she deserves everything that she gets. <laughs> she doesn't make a concerted effort to not get kidnapped. That's for sure. <laughs> or she doesn't question like, oh, well, you just happened to be here. Wow. And then and he, he, he he doesn't even make. A concerned effort to pretend that he's not going to kidnap her, if you think about it. Yeah, they're very they're very casual in their kidnapping of her. Yeah, they're, and even when she after she's kidnapped, she's like like he offers her milk, which is a weird thing for anybody to do in any situation. Yeah, at that point, I'm I mean, I'm heading for the hills. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in what situation people drink milk yeah. in celebratory situations? If you're in uh, movies. You do not offer get you don't drink when people offer you milk or tea because it's usually poisoned. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I just wouldn't 100%. drink anything that someone gives to me. <laughs> uh, so he brings her to his house where he's got a garage with all uh, everything set up that he says he could fix her car. He brings her to meet Georgina, his wife, who immediately mistakes her for someone named Marlene. And then um, she brings her into the house and introduces them to Jill, their daughter, who immediately takes Samantha's doll from her and runs up the stairs. Um, Jill goes, uh, Samantha goes chasing after her. And then Cassie's car phone rings and uh, she goes outside to check with to answer the phone. She's like, oh, it's my husband. She tells Samantha to come in and come outside with her. And Roy accidentally hangs up the phone and he's like, oh, quotes. yeah. Accidentally, Accidentally. he's like, oh, I don't even know how to use these things. And then she tries to call him back, and obviously she can't get any service. He's like, oh, you can use the phone in my house. And then she realizes that Samantha has disappeared. So uh, not going too well for old Cassie. Um, Yeah, everything has been checked off the uh, run like hell, right? As as soon as you see this woman call you someone else, it's just like, yeah, this is not good. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should be like, all right, I'm going to stay outside now. Yep. Oh, I'm staying with the car. Yep. That's it. (laughs) Uh, So she goes back inside, tries to find Samantha. Uh, Georgina kind of rushes her upstairs like, oh, you're just behind this door in the bedroom after you. So she goes into the bedroom. Immediately, Georgina just locks her into the bedroom and walks away. She's she's like, it was so easy. And she's still not really that nervous yeah she's like oh that's strange and she tells uh roy hey listen uh georgina locked me in here oh oh, oh really yeah well she gets a little confused sometimes you're like well don't fucking lock me in a room <laughs> yeah. yeah and then 
He walks out and locks her in the room. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll just go get Samantha. Be right Lock. back. Right. And locks the door, never comes back. <laughs> and that's maybe there's like a little pang of nervousness at that point, but not enough to where she's like, yeah, I have to start thinking of how to get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. She's just kind of like, oh, this is very strange. Yeah. She never really makes that effort. Like, there are times where it's just her and Georgina, and she can overpower Georgina. Like, there's times where she has a wrench behind her back, and she could just, like, you know, clock Georgina right across the head and just, like, night-night. Yeah, and then all her problems would be solved, most likely. But she's Uh, she's very – I thought she was very – what's the word? Sheltered. Like, she grew up in a sheltered life. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, you know, nothing bad could happen. These are these are good people. They're, they're helping me. Yeah. And then everything, even when I'm watching it without knowing, like, yeah, like as soon as I get invited into the house, that's a problem. You know, I'm not sure. doing that. Uh, I'm not going into a room. And as soon, again, as soon as someone calls me by the wrong, like they know me and I've never seen them, I'm I'm getting out of there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, it starts to rain and uh, Roy pulls her car into the garage and he comes up and he's like, oh, you know, the car is going to be a little, is a little more messed up than I was expecting. going to need a little more time. Why don't you, why don't you stay the night? It's raining. I'll have your car ready for you in the morning. It's like, this is when you start pushing timelines, man, Mm -hmm. this is is bad news, bad news. Um, Especially when, um, you know, it forces you to have to stay at the house. Yeah. Right. And then she's like, well, maybe I should call my sister. And he's like, yeah, sure. Use the phone. She tries it. It's dead. It's like, oh, that's weird. Right. <laughs> Everything is just weird to her. Like, oh, this is strange. No <laughs> urgency whatsoever. Yep. And it's, yeah. again, everything that she did and does going forward is like, do you not want to live, lady? Do you want to die? Because you're really convincing me you'd rather just be dead. <laughs> so then he says he's going to go get Samantha and locks her in the room again. In the bedroom, Georgina starts talking about Marlene. She mentions something happened to someone named Arthur. And uh, Roy freaks out, saying, never never use that name again. I don't want ever want to talk about Arthur ever again. And then... And, and he just uh, screams Arthur in her face three times. <laughs> yeah. I'm only going to say it three more times. Why? You just finished saying you don't want to hear that name. <laughs> uh, and then across the hall, Jill is reading a story that sucks that she's making up on the fly. And, and it's upside Samantha, down. Yeah. And Samantha just calls down. her on it. Yeah. Right. It's, it's pretty awesome. Right. I think she's reading uh, Cinderella or something hey. like that. And she kind of yeah. mixes like three or four stories together. Like Cinderella, Snow White, and Sleeping Beauty Sleeping all kind of mixed, mixed together. Yeah. And Samantha calls her on her shit. She's like, that's not how the story goes. My mom read that to me all the time. Bitch. <laughs> and then Jill's like, what do you know? And she's like, my mom reads to me all the time. She just read a story about a rabbit. And then Jill goes off about rabbits. Yeah, rabbits she, are stupid. She's rabbits not a fan are of shitty. Rabbits. I, her exact words that rabbits are shitty. Right. <laughs> like, like, I think a rabbit did something to her in a past life or something. Yeah. I don't know, but... It, the, the one thing that just came to me was she's reading it upside down, the book. Yeah. So I she's making fun of Samantha. Like, you probably don't know how to read. I don't think you know how to read, Jill. I wonder if Jill's ever left the house. Probably not. Right? Right? She seems pretty uh, backwards, yeah. if, uh, if you catch my drift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's a question I had uh, because they make mention of Arthur being like kind a, of a dumb baby, right? He's like a dummy and wasn't going to survive. Like uh, they never mention if if Roy and Georgina are related in some way. I got the feeling that they were possibly, but it's it's really you don't get enough of uh you know, you don't get enough clues to really right. tell you that. You get vibes, but not so much clues. Right. Yeah. Just because of the the backwoods location, the talk about how he was he was slow or in bad health. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. It's yeah. It, it's hinted at, but again, never, never really heavily implied. I would say. Right. Yeah. Um. So David tries to call again, and Roy picks up the phone and destroys it. And meanwhile, Jill goes looking for some ball in a closet that uh, who she thinks is, I think she's mistaking Samantha for a girl named Donna, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. I, I think it was her sister. Yeah. So Samantha tries to escape or her cousin, I believe. OK. Um, Samantha tries to escape and then Jill mandle- manhandles her <laughs> and drags her back into the room. Um, the next morning, the revolting blob shows up to David's house and starts asking <laughs> the revolting to, to his I wife. I like how you said that. Uh, Detective David Ross um, questions David on his hand, um, and he just starts snooping around the house a little bit and leaves. He has a run-in with a nosy neighbor who's telling him that they were having a fight the night before and all that kind of stuff. Um, next morning, Cassie's still locked in the bedroom. Um, and she has to resort to peeing in the corner. The, the most didn't... unnecessary scene in this movie. Yeah. Yep. It's like we didn't need that. No, that was unfortunate to say. Very humiliating. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, I don't know if you guys watched it with the captions on, but when she squats, the caption just goes urinating. <laughs> I, I did watch it with the captions on. <laughs> um, Roy starts disassembling the car. Um, but he left one of his wrenches up in Cassie's room, so she has it. She starts trying to pry the hinges off the door. Um, Roy comes in, and he start. He mentions that uh, um, Marlene was Georgina's wife, and she, that Cassie looks similar to her. And then this is when he tells her that if she humors his wife a little bit, makes her think that she's her sister, he'll let her go. Uh, yeah. And then when he leaves the room, Roy's dad shows up, quote unquote, starts antagonizing him. Um, the star of the movie, you mean? The star, William Hickey himself, William wheelchair. Starts antagonizing him, starts like, "Hey, she's pretty. Why don't you uh, give it a shot? Your wife's it, not putting out for you." Is, this, <laughs> is it this time or when he shows up again, where he says, "What are you afraid you're gonna make another dumb child?" That's right. later. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then Georgina decides that it's time to give um, Cassie a bath. And apparently she always used to scrub her back for her when the real Marlene was alive. And she starts talking and talking about Arthur again. And but she mentions that. I was, I was going to say, by the way, the uh, it wasn't until near the end of the scene, um, because of where the credit, the uh, captions were located, that you could see that she was like topless in, you know, in the top. Like the credits went off and I was like, oh, oh, they actually did have nudity. How about that? Very like, little. Like you see just like. A, yeah. Like, like the captions had me, part. oh, she's doing the knee thing. So you can't see anything. Right. Then the captions went off for a second. I was like, oh, no, she's just, she's just been there the whole time. 
Mm-hmm. You're a sick guy, Mark. You know yeah, that? Yeah. How dare you? It was more it was more shocking than anything. It's like, oh, that, that's Ariola. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's I know they were trying to go for a thriller move here, yeah. right? But it's just it's not really thrilling at all. Not not in the sense of like, oh my god, this is incredible, but just like creepy and like sad creepy. Yeah. You know? like, I know that what they're trying to do is scare you, but it's not really scary. It's just like right. cringy. I, I think the word I said in the text was that it's unpleasant. It is very unpleasant. Yeah. And it, everyone's like really into it. Yeah. Right. Because Angie Dickinson is, is pulling off because I think she has dementia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so or she's just traumatized. But she she plays the part. And Mia's kind of you know, she's hysterical at times, but it's just like sad. Yeah. No it's one like, really, en- no one's enjoying themselves doing this. Yeah, it's like a really demented, like, soap opera sort of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I could, I could say that's a pretty good uh, analogy. Yeah, or like a, a weird VC Andrews story, you know, flowers in the attic sort of thing. <laughs> it, it's, it's just, it, I, I'm trying to think if it, if there's some another universe out there where this plays better. And I think it would have made a big difference if they actually like seemed like they were into it instead of just kind of going through the motions with it. Sure. Because when she's taking the bath, it's just kind of like it's it's very dragged out that scene. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just it's creepy, but not in the creepy that they were going for. Sure. So uh, let's see where I scrolled down. Uh, So she is talking about uh, starts talking about Arthur. Georgina, that's why I had Arthur, and then she says that Roy just wanted Arthur to stop crying, um, and that's when Marlena and her daughter ran off after that because they had seen what Roy did to Arthur, and so that's pleasant. Then yeah. we get a scene at David is at his sister-in-law's house, and the cops meanwhile are at David's house, and the sister-in-law knows that the cop is there and he's like oh well we're gonna have to some cops head your way just keep david there but david storms off and then he just goes on a montage of checking every roadside stand in between um her house and his house and uh, just looking for information the sister-in-law does a terrible job of keeping david there yep like no make him stay make him stay no i I gotta go no the cops are coming oh and he's he's doing everything possible to look guilty. Yeah, I'm gonna take yeah. your car. Right. That's totally what an innocent man would do. <laughs> Steal a Grand Theft Auto. Um, Committing all the crimes. Yeah. Why'd you stop at double homicide? <laughs> so Georgina cuts Cassie's hair and she starts looking more like Marlene, I guess. And then she's like, Well, you promised that you let me see Samantha, so please do. And then Jill strolls in with Samantha, who is being dragged around by a rope around her neck and dressed like a Native American. And this sets off uh, Cassie, who starts to pull Jill towards her, uh, Samantha towards her, trying to get her away from Jill. Uh, There's some kind of struggle. And then Roy comes in and just just socks her right in the mouth. (laughs) She she... slaps her across the face. Then she... Uh, retrieves the ha- the wrench that's in that she had stashed in the toilet. She smacks him in the head, and then he just punches her right in the mouth and knocks her out. Yeah, it's 
pretty brutal. Yeah, he <laughs> like rips her dress, um, and then he uh, she's knocked out, and he takes her be- back to the bedroom and starts kissing her. That's where his dad pops up again, starts antagonizing him, kind of like goading him on to raping her. Um, and then he's like, uh, yeah, but as Mark said, talking about uh, what are you afraid of having another dumb baby? Um, bad William Hickey, bad. So, and then this is the part where we realize, surprise, his dad is a figment of his imagination. Um, so after that run in with his fake dad, he storms off, locks the door. And then we get a nice scene of Cassie trying to pull the door hinge off with his bare, her bare fingers and breaks her fingernail back. Um, yeah, that part was pretty split. gross. Yeah, I'll give him points for that. That kind of made me squirm a little bit. Yeah. So then David drops by the gas station and the guys make mention about Ozzy Osbourne and mentions Cassie. So they kind of give him an idea where where she was headed. And then Roy goes to Jill's room take back the hood ornament that she stole and he smacks her right off the bed. <laughs> but it was it was the delayed smack off the bed. Did you realize that? Yeah. Like he does the smack and then like a second later she goes ow and she goes off the rolls. bed. Yeah. yeah. So in, in my notes I said uh get rid of Jill. <laughs> That's that's what I wrote down. Get rid of Jill underlined. Yeah. He <laughs> yells at her to not go in the barn. That's his place. A man needs a place that's his own. Um, at this time, David winds up showing up at the house. and uh, Roy says he hasn't seen her. And he decides to go souping around anyway, basically because the guys at the gas station more or less told him that that's where he she'd be or whatever. Um, and then he sees Samantha's doll being hung by Jill. So he realizes Samantha's here. And then he immediately gets choked out by Roy with a chain. And yeah. gets tossed down a well. Um, yeah. I I thought I knew his end game here in terms of Roy, mm. but it completely changes the next time we see this well. Yeah, it's it's pretty weird, right? Like he, yeah. why keep him? Right, he, yeah, I don't he know. kills he the cop. Buried him alive. Right, he kills the cop, no problem. Mm-hmm. Why not kill the man that the the husband of the woman that you're keeping? captive you know that he's gonna come back or gonna try you don't know he, he keeps like playing with that hose right i, I thought he was gonna be you think something's gonna happen with the hose like he's gonna start filling up the the well with water or something like that that's exactly what i thought was gonna happen but he yeah. just forgets about him he forgets about david yep like, oh he's down there there's no way he's gonna get out of that easily climbable well yeah are we are we to assume the skull down there is the father uh i thought it was possibly Marcina. That's what I thought. Yeah, I don't know. Or, yeah, know. it could have been them. Yeah. Because there's only get, one. So he's definitely killed Arthur. Mm-hmm. She killed Marlene and Donna, right? But we never know that he kills his dad, right? No. No. Would they never make so. that? Right. Um, so, I was just I taking know. it because it was one individual skull. That's, that makes sure. sense, right? Because yeah. if it was uh, Marla and Dar- uh, Donna... Was it Marlene or Marla? Marla, right? Marlene. It was Marlene. Marlene. So if it was Marlene and Donna, there'd be two. I think they would make a uh, point to show both. Yeah. Um, so the cops identify David used his credit card at the gas station. So Detective Ross starts heading that way. Um, Roy fixes Cassie some drugged milk, comes up to quote unquote apologize. And this is where we get a flashback to Roy smothering Arthur and his dad saw him. 
And then she's like, and then he starts having, you know, visions of her being Marlene or whatever. And he's just like, here's this. I'd love it for you to put it on. This is like nightgown. She's like, okay, yeah. I will. He's like, do it now. <laughs> Again, creepy Burt Reynolds being yeah. creepy. Sure. I I watched that part with Jen and we just kind of looked at each other like, mm, this yeah. is unsavory. <laughs> Definitely not something you want to watch with anybody, really. Yeah. So she he forces her to undress in front of him. As she does, she kind of says like, well, what would Georgina think of you doing this? So he storms off and just makes mention I, of... I, I would love to... I guess it was the mid-90s. But seeing how they uh, convinced Mia Sarah to do that camera shot, or if that was a body double. Body double. Yeah. That's body double, for sure. Okay. Yeah, because they would have shown her face, I think, if it yeah. were. Yeah. If, right, if, they, if she had agreed to well, it. Well, even, even with the body double, it's like, all right, we're going to have this camera about six inches away from your body, and it's just going to be on your chest. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was her, though. Nope. No, 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 I'm not saying. I'm like, even for the body double. Oh, gotcha, like, gotcha. Just, just describing the shot to them. Right. But okay. I'm assuming, you know, it's the 90s. Like, yeah, sure, whatever. Work is like work. A, <laughs> it seemed like a very, like, last-minute insert shot. Because yeah. it was like, the lighting was all different and shit. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, there's parts of this movie where the production value definitely takes a hit. And it's mm-hmm. noticeable. Yeah. yeah. And so he storms up, but he's like, drink your milk. It'll help <laughs> you sleep. So for some reason, she does. <laughs> Yeah, again, just no will to survive. No instincts she, whatsoever. She waits to try and escape after she's, you know, fully drugged up. Um, so she falls down the stairs. Roy picks her up and brings her back to the bed so he can rape her. Yeah. Well, his imaginary dad watches him. <sighs> again, if if this is your, up your alley, uh, maybe go seek some help. Yeah. I don't I don't know. But if if you have a fetish for watching Burt Reynolds thrust himself upon young women while William Hickey watches. <laughs> this is getting it's, specific. Yeah. It's, a, it's somebody's fetish. Yeah. I, I, I want to meet that person just and so not shake I... not their hand? Yeah, just so I can call the authorities on them. <laughs> that's, the, so, that's the man, officer. Yeah. So, uh, what, Hi, I'm Mike. Get him! So, uh, what, what's your fetish? Uh, I, I'm kind of in the furries. Um, right. I like to do some S and M. I like to watch Burt Reynolds on top of me as Sarah with, <laughs> with the old se- man staring at him. Have you ever seen The Maddening? No, I haven't. <laughs> but, well, do I have a movie for you, Frank? Yeah. <laughs> that would be even more concerning. Like, yeah, that's my kink. Well, have you seen The Maddening? No, never heard of it. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just just thought of it in my head. I like I like Burt Reynolds and Boogie Nights. Huh? You know, I like Mia Sarah and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and I like William Hickey and everything he's in. Well, what? You're you're a weird guy. Yeah, well, you know, to each their own. Get him. <laughs> uh, so David manages to climb out of the well, um, and when Samantha tries to escape from Jill, she finds her mom, who's now locked to the bed. Uh, Cassie tells her to run, so as she tries to escape, her dad, David, Picks her up, pulls her into the bathroom and says he's here. He's going to try and get her out of this. Uh, but she kind of has to stay here. So basically uh, he tells her to get herself caught by the uh, the skitters. Um, then, uh, so she does. She gets caught. Uh, Jill takes her back to her room, starts to go nuts on her. 
And she's like, what am I going to do with you? Maybe I'll whip you. Maybe I'll string you up or basically do any other torture things. This is where Br'er Rabbit comes in. And Samantha says, uh, as long as you don't take me into the woods. And then Jill's like, you know what? That's not a bad idea. My brother's out of the woods. I'm going to bring you to my brother's grave. Right. <laughs> Takes I, I was a thinking... dark turn. <laughs> I was thinking it was pretty funny because uh, Jill goes, you know, you want me to take a blowtorch to you? Just tell me what you want me to do. And you can let me go. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. And I feel like Jill would have fallen for that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, just let me Whatever go. Whatever you do, All don't right, let fine. me go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Please, please, please don't let me go. I want to stay here forever. Well, you know what? Get out of here. We don't want you and your stupid fucking rabbits anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So not only is she going to take her to the woods, she's going to exhume her brother's corpse. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a. It, it's one thing to just take her into the woods and scare her. Why is the brother got to be brought into this? Yeah, I don't know. What What's her end game here? I guess I, I guess know. she just wants to scare her. But and why does Jill know that the brother's buried back there? Yeah, she knows a lot about her brother Arthur. She does. She knows too much. You got to get rid of Jill. Yeah. So David tries to unchain Cassie, and then Roy shows up. He starts chasing after David. Kind of chases him into the woods. Ross shows up at the gas station and finds out where Osborne went. Uh, meanwhile, chases uh, uh, Roy uh, chases him into the swamp, and that's where he kind of has his monologue about water moccasins and gators. Gators. Gators being all hungry. You got to feed them. I feed them every day. Um, <laughs> it's never mentioned prior to this, by the way, yeah. that he f- has pet gators or anything like that. Nope. That would have been that would have been pretty cool if he told uh, Cassie like if you you know if you don't behave y'all don't behave I'm gonna have to feed you to the gators like all right well now we understand where the gators come from mm-hmm. but he I think he's just making idle threats yeah because <laughs> that one snake walk goes right by David does bite him right right D- yeah, David David goes full on Navy Seal and hides in the bayou doing like the you know peeking his head right above yeah. the water and then slowly submerging. It's like pretty Martin badass. Like Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. It, it's pretty badass, except it's Brian Wimmer doing it. <laughs> exactly. Um, and also, water moccasins don't particularly attack human beings. No, well, they, so you, Unless threatened. Strike three, the maddening. <laughs> You're out of here. Um, so, while Roy is chasing after David in the woods in the swamp, he stumbles upon the exhumed body of his dead baby. Arthur, and he has an emotional breakdown. Um, for like a minute. Yeah, for like a minute. <laughs> right. At yeah, this he, time, go ahead. I was going to say, he gets really upset, and then uh, back to hunting Dave. Yep. At this point, Ross shows up and immediately gets his throat slit. <laughs> he, We're going for, this is, might be the uh, record for Simpsons uh, references. He's basically Groundskeeper Willie in Treehouse of Horror. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hang on, I'm coming to save the lot of you. Whack, ugh. I'm really bad at this. <laughs> uh, so he gets his throat slit, and then Georgina goes into Cassie's room again, and she starts talking real crazy. It's like, trying to make a widow out of me because you're a widow, and now you're trying to take my husband away from me. And you've always been a witch. You know what we do with witches? We burn them. And, uh, and that's it, really. Yeah. yeah. And then David comes, and they're like, well, we're trying to get out of here. This is, this is my new husband's. Uh, we love each other. We're gonna try and leave. And Georgina is like, "That's probably for the best." <laughs> so weird. <laughs> she and goes from being like really hostile to just, "Okay, yeah, do whatever you want." 
Get out of my house. Yeah. And Samantha gets picked up by a police officer. You know what? Speaking of Georgina, what was one thing that I was also expecting was it to be revealed that Roy had an affair with her sister. I think that's what they he kind of points out at the end, right? Roy, because he says, I love you, Marlena. Yeah. So I think it was really he just loved the was it the we said it was cousin. Uh, so Marlena was Georgina's sister. And Donna was the cousin. Donna was the cousin. Gotcha. OK. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's kind of implied. It's that's what implied I by that from. one line. He never really has any mention of it before well, that. Well, I guess why he wants to sleep with her is because he loved her. I don't know. I don't know. Again, a lot of stuff is implied in this movie, yeah. but it's never really alluded to. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's not a lot of context clues. I, you know what? I think we need to see the Houston cut, as Mark had mentioned. Yeah. There's like a lot of things that left yeah. on that cutting room floor. We'll just interview him. That'll be that'll be it. We'll interview uh, Danny Houston and Danny Houston. Let's talk. We Let's we talk have you, maddening. You you want to yeah, like you want to talk about my roles recently? Absolutely no 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 not. the maddening. We just want to talk about what you cut out of the maddening. And why and won't you release see. it, you coward? <laughs> Guys, the, the, that what you see is what you get there. No, you're a fucking liar. <laughs> I know there's more to it. There has to be. No, I, uh, you sure you don't want to yell at me for the Wolverine? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Are you sure everyone else does? Uh, uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's very, it's a very, they, they don't stick the ending here. And the, when Samantha runs into the cop, it's the most convenient. Conveniently played all the time. And she's running. She's running down the road. She trips, and there's a cop just staring at her, all mean like. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's like she's she's bothering him. Like he's got that look. Like what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she gets picked up by the cop, and uh, as David is trying to get Cassie out, Roy shows up with two guns, and uh, he kind of has a monologue with Georgina. They start talking back and forth. So where it turns out where he reveals that Georgina slipped Marlena and Donna sleeping powder until they died, overdosed them on sleeping pills, basically. Um, but they were just asleep. Yeah. So she asleep gets forever. She gets exasperated and she sits in his dad's wheelchair and he starts hallucinating his father again, who starts antagonizing him. And he immediately shoots Georgina right in the chest. A few times. A few times. He empties the chambers, man. Yep. And then he uh, he picks her up, and he puts her on the bed and cries over her. And then a fire starts, knocks over one of the oil lamps. Yeah. And... Right before that, the dumbest decision of the movie is made, where Cassie and David have a queer exit from this situation. They just yep. leave the house. But for some reason... They just they, watch. They watch they... him have his emotional breakdown moment. And want to shoot him? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, kill him, kill him. But they don't. They have kind of a fight. Um, he starts tossing around Cassie and David, and he's fighting with them until eventually Cassie picks up the rifle and puts one right in uh, right in Roy's chest, and he gets shot out the window. And you see the wire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, he she puts one right in dummy Burt Reynolds' chest. Yeah. He gets knocked out the window and he dies and then they run out of the house and all of a sudden it's daytime. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and right after that shot, like the slow motion thing with her in the flames, it's something I'm sure David Houston was like, this is going to be epic. 
Right. This is going to be my shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be symbolic or whatever, but it's yeah. just it looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> really poorly shot. Yep. Uh, and they're reunited with Samantha as the house burns down, and then Jill throws the doll down the well, and that's our last scene. What an awful ending. And, and and at this point, when they come running out of the house and all that with the cops there, what what's stopping the cops from thinking they weren't the people, you know, causing the issue? Uh, well, I mean, they were reported missing and they were found oh, there, okay. right? Maybe. So, I mean, I would I would assume that they were kidnapped, right? Okay. And the, yeah. the car is all beaten up and everything. Mark, you would be a bad police officer. Yeah. <laughs> Blame the victims. Yeah. That's, that's, I that's, mean, how I, that's how I got the nickname Mark the Narc because <laughs> did a really bad job at being the narc in high school. Mark, Mark would be the cop in like a comedy where it's clear that the uh, like the bad guys there and the victims there and he's like, well, not a, hold on just a minute. I think it's some good this points person. in there. Right. <laughs> well, it wasn't me, officer. Well, you know, I believe you. You have you got a you got a trustable face. Arrest these people. Arrest this family. Yeah. Uh, and that's the end of the maddening. It's a, as I said, it's an unpleasant movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it, it has a very low uh, rewatch value. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This yeah. might be. I mean, I think this was better than Raven. If I'm being honest, Raven just had really shitty action. Yeah. And I mean, I think I, I would rewatch kind of... Raven. I think I would rewatch Raven before I watch rewatch this one. Yes, possibly. That, but I, I think this one had more of a story in it, where Raven was just kind of phoned in. Um, sure. But yeah, this one is yeah, like you said, it's very unpleasant. Just there's a lot of a lot of uh, problems with the production, both technically and I guess acting wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's. It's just a pain. It was more of like a, a chore to watch this movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, what would you guys do to make this better? Uh, I would... Man, I you know, I would probably make Cassie a little bit more self-aware of what's going on. Uh, her, her escape attempts are pretty piss poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd probably make it... You know, I, I never felt like the, there was a lot of tension... When she's in the house, other than, you know, obviously she's being kind of held captive, but I would have liked to have seen a bit more of her maybe explore the house and see different rooms and maybe she figures out the, instead of it being spelled out for the viewer, maybe she kind of solves the puzzle herself. Like, all right, well, this man has murdered his family, essentially, instead of Burt Reynolds just being sleazy about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I would have kept it straight. I, I would have gone dark the whole way. You know, you, if you're showing dead bodies, keep it that way. Don't put any comedy into it. Don't you don't need the the gas attendants to be you know slapstick. Just like keep them regular. Keep them regular, like straight men almost. Like yeah, they just they run the gas station. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no need for them to be like airheads. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I would probably get rid of. I would get rid of the actor who played the detective, Josh Mo- uh, Mostel. Mm-hmm. I, I would put literally anyone else there. <laughs> just just pick a guy off the street. Put yeah. put someone that's like the the the, the grip. Put the the grip in there, and let him be the detective. I'm sure he's a better fit than uh, Josh is. Uh, I feel like they're that, going for a Wayne Knight sort of vibe to that. 
no but man. why? Yeah. Right? There's really no reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. His that that's really short of remaking whole swaps of this movie. I think the one thing that would make it rewatchable and maybe got it a theatrical release um, is if you redid the whole investigation, you know, kind of a little bit more of a simpler Gone Girl. Yeah. Sort of sort of that part of it, the cop story. Honestly, I don't even think I would make it where David is a, a suspect, you know, like just they're missing. David is helping the police try to find find them and he's searching all over. And, you know, like maybe uh, the detectives and the cops are just telling him, like, you know, stay out of it. We'll handle this. And David's like, fuck that. I'm going to find my family, you know. And he just happens upon Burt Reynolds and uh, Angie Dickinson. And you kind of go from there. But, yeah, I, I didn't really think having David as the suspect made sense just because you got into a fight. Like, well, did they have fights before? It's never really mentioned because right. they're new there. So why would the neighbor know so much about what was going on like if it was more if it would make more sense if it was like oh you know they fight all the time uh their their relationship is kind of on on edge then yeah okay that makes sense but if like yeah everyone fights you know that's natural Mm -hmm. so i don't think having it just like oh yeah that one fight caused him to murder his family sure all right what about you what would what would you have done um, <clears throat> I think kind of like you, I would, um, make it a little bit darker. I would probably change it to maybe give it a little more of a psycho feel. Mm-hmm. Like maybe even Georgina is, uh, he, maybe he killed Georgina and he's yeah. only, he's living in his house by himself. Right. Like Georgina is kind of like stuffed or whatever right. in, in the room. Yeah. That would have been pretty cool. And just kind of add the creepiness of that. Yeah. I think, I think there is a tonal problem when it comes to like the the detective and stuff like that um which i think they would need to solve um but yeah that's that's more or less what i would do i, th- I think i'm kind of in agreement with both of you guys cool yeah it, it, again this movie had some semblance of a plot and it, it kind of it knew at times what it wanted to be but then it, it there were so many drastic shifts and it really hurts the film mm-hmm not that this could have been a great film, but it could have, like Mark said, it could have at least gotten a theatrical release, I think. But it, it just seemed like they didn't really know what they wanted to do at times, and it, it, it suffered for it. Okay. All right. I think that's going to do it for our episode on The Maddening. You guys got any plugs? Plug your shit, as you, you like me gonna, to say. I was going to say, you you know goddamn well we do, all right? Plug uh, your shit. <laughs> plugging. Uh, Twitter, daquino122. You could also find our Stranger Damey podcast, the D&D podcast, at Stranger Damies. And that's it. That's it for me. I keep it short and sweet. Yeah, I, so I know Mark's got a whole thing going, so let's... Yeah, well, I don't have a whole thing because I don't have two things because oh. um, Extra Life is over. But I'll start off with that. Thank you so much for everybody that tuned in to Extra Life on Saturday. We surpassed our $500 goal. Unfortunately, not on stream. It happened like 20 minutes afterwards. Um, just because, uh, you know, uh, my mom and her boyfriend, not knowing how to use technology, couldn't get the donation in quick enough (laughs) to get us over the top, um, by the end of, of our broadcast. But, uh, thank you to everyone that donated friends, family, uh, dragons in the dining room. Yes. I believe dragons in the dining room. Yep. 
yeah, for, for hanging out with us. Had a ton of fun. Um, I'll be thinking about how to do archives. Um, I um, it was like for some reason it was in six hour chunks. Um, I don't know if we like took the stream down or it went down by accident at times. Um, but it didn't run like a full like uh, seventeen hour chunk. Like Stranger Damies is the first five, like mm-hmm. sort of the first part, and then the rest. So it might make it a little bit easier to do it in pieces for everyone. Um, so be on the lookout for that on the YouTube channel uh, at the main Damie. Um, and then the Stranger Damies, you were going to want to tune in for this session of episodes coming up. Um, Ant makes a choice that may be one of the best choices that we've done in this, um, uh, I guess, campaign, campaign season. Um, because it came out of left field and I didn't even see it coming. Um, <laughs> and it flowed perfectly um, with how you ended this session. Um which I don't even know if you guys planned that or yeah, it was just, it was beautiful. Um, so a lot of people enjoyed it live. We got a lot of great feedback um, on it from the people that watched it live, but if you didn't catch it, um, you know, we'll be doing it as our normal four part uh, episode. We air every Wednesday. Um, we're on iTunes, Google play, you know, YouTube, if you want to watch the video um, and see our reaction and see a, uh, and um, in his glory, um, on video there. Um, so yeah, that, that's about all I got. You want to tune in for these four episodes. All right. And that's, uh, we are, they call this a movie and you can find us on, they call this movie.podbean.com on just about every podcast streaming app you could think of stitcher, Google play podcast, iTunes, uh, Spotify. We're on there too. You can, uh, find us at the main Damie. That's the main is our main website. And you can find us on social media at the main Damie on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at the main Damie. Uh, we're also proud members of Geek Vibes Nation. They got a bunch of shows on there that uh, just about any kind of uh, like that you have, uh, they probably have a, a podcast for it. And yeah, that's... and you can just skip this week's Ge- Geeks Against the Grain. You don't, you don't have to listen to it. <laughs> I was actually on it. It was, a, it was Dan a shows fun. up on an episode of Geeks Against the Grain, so be sure to tune into that. Uh, Game Vault Pods on there as well, Stranger Damies. Um, and yeah, so you can find them at gvnation.com. On that's their main website, and Geek Vibes Nation on all uh, social media is where you get in contact with them. Um, and that's going to be it next week. Uh, we're going to post an episode on Thanksgiving. It's going to be a special one. Uh, I'm not going to really, uh, reveal it here, but it's going to be a good one, uh, for Thanksgiving. Um, so that's going to wrap it up. Um, and that's it. Uh, this is Anthony Del Vecchio and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. So for those two, this is Anthony Del Vecchio telling director Danny Houston to go fuck himself. <laughs>